Hello, lovely ladies, and welcome to Zion's Company of Women podcast. I'm Lana. And I'm Courtney. And it's so wonderful to have you with us today. Uh, Lana, I'm so excited about today. I think we've been waiting and waiting. I think you and I have been internally just anticipating this next chapter in Song of Songs. You know, we're at chapter four, we're at the halfway point. And for me, whenever I sit with this, with this chapter in particular, I really just see it as it's the turning point of transformation for the bride. There's so much that happens in this space um, with her and with Jesus and in us, if we allow ourselves to step into that place with her. Um, It's just, it's one of my favorite chapters out of all of the Bible. And um, I just, I'm really looking forward to getting into what we're going to read today. Yeah, me too. And again, hey, as normal, I look at this passage and I go, maybe we should uh, have a podcast episode that goes for maybe five hours (laughs) because there is so much richness in here. Oh my goodness. So good. Yes. Well, let's dive in, my friend. I am excited about what the Lord's going to do. Yeah, like you said, I just think this is really such a beautiful turning point and a beautiful um, passage where we just see again, you know, the heart of the Lord. We see his beauty, his love for her, the way he calls out the gold, the way his word prepares her for what's to come. Like there's just so much gloriousness in these pages. And so, yay, Holy Spirit, we thank you for what you're going to do. It's going to be wonderful. Amen. Amen. And if it's okay with you, Lana, I was... um just sitting in my quiet time with the Lord and I heard him speaking something about um, Song of Songs and this chapter in particular. And I grabbed my pen and I just wrote as quickly as I could. So if it's okay with you, I just want to read it out because I really believe that it's um, kind of holds uh, a roadmap for us and understanding of what is actually happening within this chapter in particular. You know, we've walked with the Shulamite up until this point. She came into this relationship with Jesus pretty reluctant, uh, very aware of her own shortcomings, um, her own lack of beauty, I guess you could say. And as she's gone along, Jesus has just continually poured out his love upon her. And even in her hesitation, there's still beauty that came from that place of hesitation. So I just want to read this out and I want to read it and I want to see um, kind of what you, where you want to go from there, where, you know, where that lands you in this whole chapter four of scripture. So let's just, let's start there if that's all right with you. Yes. Um, So this is what the Lord said uh, to me about song of songs. He said, song of songs is the transformation of belief. I spoke to her over her, about her, and she began to believe me. Because she believed in me, she then began to know me. When she lost sight of me, she looked and found me faithful. This had to happen in a way because her belief was small at first, but I will always prove myself faithful. Then the yielding happened as I loved her, and she became my bride. Oh my goodness. Yep. You need me. I'm yep. just going to be on the floor over here. 
face I down. Loved, <laughs> I left the rest of the page blank because I was like, what do I, what, what, suppose, what am I supposed to do after that? <laughs> wow. Just, wow, Lord. Wow. Oh, wow. Like, doesn't his voice, like when he speaks, the transformation and invitation that happens, like as you read that, I felt like I, I saw in an instant the Song of Songs clearer than I've seen it. Like I was like, oh, my goodness, as you're reading it, I'm like, yes. Like it just came even clearer to me. And at the same time, I could feel his heart that woos me deeper into that place of you are so good. You are so good. I, I, I want to know you more. Like it, it ignites this place of hunger, but also where he spoke about her belief being small and, and doesn't his voice extend our expectation? Like doesn't his voice create this place in us that just expands us and expands our hope and our, our even our reality, our perspective, how we see things? Like I just feel a real invitation on that, Courtney. Ladies, I just want to say, like, if you have to pause the, the podcast right now and just sit with the Lord, like, there is such a an impartation in what you just read, Courtney. I felt it so heavily. Um, yeah. Oh, thank you for sharing that. That's beautiful. Yeah. Wow. And thank you, for, thank you for letting me do that. I can feel it all over my <laughs> – I can yeah, feel it too. all over. That's, that's one of the – I love it. I love it when he does that. It, um, kindness to let, let us feel that. Um, and wow. I just, I, I think of verse two here where he says, when I, he's, so it's Jesus speaking to the Shulamite and he says, when I look at you, I see how you have taken my fruit and tasted my word. Your life has mm -hmm. become clean and pure, like a lamb washed and newly shorn. You now show grace and balance with truth on display. And I wrote in this in next to my Bible, I wrote the word maturity. Um, you know, I think that this is what happens to us and has happened to the Shulamite as we um, continue to let him love us. And I think that that's really, that's what he wants to do. And mm. I, I think that, you know, I think maybe there's, there's lots of things that kind of keep us in that place of thinking this is not that important or I've graduated from this place of just needing to be loved on for a while by the Lord. Um, yeah. But really, I think that's the pathway to maturity, tasting his yeah. His word, taking his fruit, taking it in and allowing it to do what it does inside of us and mm -hmm. then outward as well. Yeah. Do you know what is so fun, Courtney? I um, In all my highlights, I hadn't highlighted verse two, so I didn't have the sacred journey commentary open at that particular passage and so or that scripture so while you're talking I thought I'll just open it I open the book and it lands at verse two and I look down as you're talking and it says this get ready for this it says by tasting the word the Shulamite had to taste of it with her teeth teeth indicate the Shulamite's ability to eat strong meat given to her from the word of God she has matured enough to chew the solid truths of God's word hello come on <laughs> right <laughs> You can't Seriously. <laughs> nope. You sure oh, can't. Gosh. But yeah, I mm. love that. I, I really see again, verse two, it really speaks to me of that that theme of um even like because we haven't even got to where is it? Verse um 
verse 6 where there is this, you know, she makes the declaration of yes, like and there's this turning point. But even here in verse 2 where he says, I see how you've taken my fruit and tasted my word, like you can already see the Lord calling out that that transformation that has happened within her. Like there is this place where the Lord is really speaking, like you now show grace and balance with truth on display. Like there is such a affirmation again, isn't there, of the the Lord saying like, look how far you've come. Like I can just imagine the Lord like, look at you now, like this rejoicing um, of the Father's heart. It's just, yeah, it's beautiful. Absolutely. It definitely is. And, um, you know, it's, it's so funny because, you know, we've, you and I've read this a lot before and, you know, even this week, it's just been on my mind and on my heart kind of continually rolling around in there. And I, um, was sitting, just having some rest time today and the Holy Spirit spoke that, that section from uh, verse one, where it says, um, you are beauty itself to me. And, you know, I don't think we ever graduate from this place, Lana. I don't think we're ever supposed mm-hmm. to leave that place of letting him speak that yeah. over us because that that's a seed. The word of God is a seed. And when we allow him to speak that over us, we meditate on it. We allow it to grow and bear fruit. It comes out in yeah. our actions and the words we speak um, and even in the worth that we carry when we understand, mm-hmm. you know, King of Kings says that I am beauty itself yeah. to him. Mm-hmm. Well, what's that going to do to the things and the people around me and the way that I see myself or my relationships? And um, I just think I've really felt this week, the Lord really leaning heavily on, you know, understanding all of the seeds. This is a book of seeds. It's a book yeah. of growth. And, you know, seeing her hold these things close to her is that garden picture. And I believe Jesus talks about it a little bit further on, you know, we'll get to it a little further Mm -hmm. in the chapter where, you know, she's transformed into this, this, you know, in his words, this, this Mm -hmm. garden, his secret garden that he has, where he's planted Mm -hmm. all of this beauty Mm -hmm. inside of her heart. And now it's coming out to fruition. Um, Mm -hmm. But I just, again, I, yeah, I love what you were saying. And I, and I agree. I don't, I don't think we should ever graduate from this place. Mm. no matter how yeah. far along we go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, even this morning, um, Courtney, I was making the bed when I got up and as I'm making the bed, the Lord uh, speaks to me again about this place of returning to, and, and I want to say this um, in the way that I heard it. When he said this, even though the words that I'm about to say will communicate um like maybe simplicity, but when he said it, it, there was a depth to the simple place. Now, like track with me. This is what I heard. He said, Lana, he said, I'm returning my people back to the simple truths. And immediately I, I knew that the Lord was speaking about this place of bottom line, what does God say about me? Like, what does the word say about who I am? What does the word say? You know, the two greatest commandments are love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. The things that we have looked at, you know, and walked 
uh, I guess, in our journey with the Lord that are really foundational truths of the Christian journey, of the Christian walk with the Lord. And when he said to me, Lana, I'm bringing my people back to this place, it was again this place of solid foundation. Like, yes, we may know that this scripture and we may have sung it at Sunday school growing up. We may have had, you know, bookmarks in our journals and, and bumper stickers on our cars. But there was this place where the Lord was saying, I'm working even deeper than I have been on the foundation of the simple truths, the, the actual things that I've, I've spoken about who you are. I'm bringing you back to this place. Not that we've ever left it, but I think sometimes we can, um, we can forget. Sometimes we can, the noise of life or the noise of even what goes on between our ears, we can sometimes forget these simple truths that, you know what, the bridegroom king says, you are so beautiful, you are beauty itself to me. Like to me, that is an absolute simple truth that God delights in me, full stop. But at the same time, there is a depth to that truth that is deeper than I could ever, re like I, I could ever communicate. And so I sit in these passages and I, I think these are the foundational truths you know, of scripture. And yet you can look at these, these scriptures and you can really, if you run past them, we can actually start to forget. And, and the voice that says you're actually this, that, and, every, and all these other things, or you're defined by your past or what other people say about you can become the louder voice. And I, I just felt this morning, Courtney, that the Lord was um, removing a lot of the clutter, a lot of the noise, and bringing us back to this place that says, what is the simple truth? And the simple truth is that I look at you as the bridegroom king and I say to you today, you are so beautiful and you are beauty itself to me. And when I, when I read that, coupled with what I heard this morning and also as I listened to what you read at the start of this episode, I feel this place of meditation. I feel this place of really taking those seeds like you have, have like you shared and saying, okay, I need to allow myself the space and the time and the room for this seed to grow and for this simple truth, which is actually simple in the sense that it's the truth and it's the bottom line, but it's actually deeply profound, that I allow that place and that, that place of soaking in these truths to bring that fruit into my life because sometimes I think we can so easily meditate and focus on all of the other voices that say all the other opposite things about us or even our own beliefs and we they become these huge, we magnify them, right? We, we meditate on it in our heads over and over and over again. And yet I sit here this morning and again I, I say, I know I say this every episode, but if we truly get this and we keep um, making the room to go deeper into this space with the Lord and allow him to really like uh, what's the word I'm looking for, um, cause these seeds to flourish, then that's going to change how I walk. It's going to change how I live. It's going to change how I see. And really... God isn't, the Lord's not saying here, you are a, a, a certain 
like definition of beauty to me no no no. you are beauty itself like as I read that I go the definition of what the Lord says is beautiful that's what he sees when he looks at you and I like wow wow what else is there I mean what else could you say (laughs) that like that's it you know that's it um it's and I could feel this intensity when you were speaking about this, Lana, too, because, because you know, we're coming up here in this chapter. Um, also, what happens in this chapter is you start to see the bride being built as a warrior. So yes. when we when we receive those seeds and, and those truths and we meditate on those, they they make us tender, but they also strengthen us. And it's that mm. that beautiful picture of meekness, which is strength underneath authority and under control. Um, and I've been, it's been interesting. Well, I'll just go ahead and read this verse and then I'll, I'll tell you what I'm thinking. It's verse three where he says, what pleasure you bring to me. I see your blushing cheeks opened like the halves of a pomegranate showing through your veil of tender meekness. When I look at you, I see your inner strength so stately and strong. You are as secure as David's fortress. Your virtues and grace cause a thousand famous soldiers to surrender to your beauty. Yeah. Now, I hope that you read a little bit of a, of a, out of the sacred journey for us about the um, David's fortress because that that kind of blows mm. me away. You shared that with us, with me the other day and it's incredible. But mm. the word that I zeroed in on this and the images that I'm I'm picking up that I'm seeing Holy Spirit show are this picture of meekness. Um, the other day I had, I keep having dreams and visions of horses and it's something that I know the Holy Spirit is on. He keeps kind of drawing me to it. He's taken me to a couple verses in Job where it talks about how they laugh at fear and they charge into the fray, like afraid of nothing. And it's just this picture of like unbroken strength. And when I, I think about meekness, I actually did a little bit of research and under to find out that um, there's a term called meeked to meek a horse. Um, mm. And it's a Greek term and it's often it says it's um, it's often misunderstood. I found this online um, in today's culture. It says here the original meaning of this term referred to wild horses which could be tamed to discipline yet always retained the best aspects of their wild nature being raw power and willingness to face adversity. These horses proved far more valuable to society than those whose wild spirit was broken. Wow. So to me, there's this beautiful picture of wholeness. He's not wanting to break us, but he's inviting us into that place of meekness, into that place of submission where there is that wild beauty that he's put inside of us, but there's also that beautiful power that he that comes through us as well. And it's not through a breaking down of the bride. He doesn't break her down in these verses at any point. He is wow. continually speaking identity and continually speaking truth over her. And the result of that is that she becomes strong. She becomes that place of submission to him, which actually lends itself to strength. Um, yeah. Wow. Wow. And I I keep thinking as you're sharing that, Courtney, that's beautiful. Like in the place where we are, and we use this word all the time, since you shared this word, I can't get away from it, but where we are nourished by his love, 
like we are nourished in that place of his tenderness that flows through, you know, what he speaks over us. There is um, this place that we find freedom and we find a greater expression of who we are and that, like you said, that beautiful wild beauty and it's not a containment, it's not a breaking down, it's a, um, sure, there are moments of, of pruning and there's moments of all of those things of refinement, but it's mm-hmm. it's in the yielding and it's in that place of surrender and that place of let him, right, as Song of Songs <laughs> starts with in Chapter 1, let him. Like that place is actually the place of life. Like that is the place where I find this unbridled strength and this ferocious, you know, fire that is found in a place where I am constantly nourished by the revelation and the words of the one who is literally enthralled by my beauty. Like, like, even when I say those words out of my mouth, I'm like, God, like, let me take every day of my life to see this revelation flourish even more inside of me, that my king is enthralled with my beauty. It's just, you know, and especially as as women that we can have so much pressure mm-hmm. and, you know, there's all the comparison and the way that the enemy comes and says all the stuff that he likes to say. When I hear his voice say, you know, you are the very rose of my heart, you are the very theme of my song, it doesn't communicate to me a king who just puts up with me and thinks I'm okay, right? It it communicates to me through the language of his heart that he is absolutely, like, overwhelmed by my beauty, like who he sees that I am, who he sees that you are. Like I just, I love this, um, I love the words that are used in the Song of Songs because they're so extravagant. They, yeah. They're so extravagant that they communicate what is the, what am I saying, the zeal of the heart of the king for his bride. Like it's not just this, oh, yeah, like I think you're great. It is this ferocious burning heart of God. Like I love you. I adore you. Like the delight, that's what I'm feeling. It's the delight of the king. Um, But I want to read this. You you did jump on this, um, Courtney, around uh, David's fortress. So I love that the Lord says, you know, when I look at you, I see your inner strength so stately and strong. God is so amazing, isn't he, the way that he calls out the gold, right, the way he looks at us and says this is actually the reality of who you are. On those days where you can feel all over the place, the Lord's like this is who you are, right, or you're walking through a messy process and you just, you, you're feeling not so great and the Lord's like you are so strong. And I remember going through the dark night of the soul a few years ago or a number of years ago now and every time I would go to the Lord, Courtney, I would say to him, I am dying. Like I am not going to make it out of this season. Like yeah. I am done. The level of torment I went through and all the witchcraft stuff, like I was like, there is no way I'm coming out the other side of this. Like I was so at the end of myself. And every time I would come to him and I would say that, 
he wouldn't tap me on the shoulder and go, yeah, I know, it's going to be okay. Like, don't worry. I know, I know you're not going to come out. He would say to me, Lana, you're thriving. And I'm like, um, hang on, are you, are you looking like the same person right now? Because I'm actually not. And he's like, you are thriving. He's like, you are more alive now than you've ever been. And I'm like, what are you saying? <laughs> what is this? But what happened was the Lord was calling out the truth of what was happening in that process for me. I was coming to life. I was thriving and becoming more of who I was than I ever had been in any other season of my life. Sure, the enemy was trying to take me out, but there was this fortification and, and strength that was being built within me that came from the place of yielding. It came from the place of just, I have found a new level of brokenness like before you. This brokenness that says, unless you show up, like it is all it's it's done like it's all over and so I really um love this what I'm about to read to you um if we go on it says you are as secure as David's fortress so Brian Simmons in the um sacred journey has written here so you or your neck are as secure as David's fortress the neck represents the will of a person those stubborn and proud of heart are called stiff-necked while those with a yielded will often bow their necks or their heads in humility and submission. Now, I love this. And the Shulamite has submitted her will completely to her king, causing her to be stately and strong. She is strong, resolute and secure in all that he is. Just as he is, so is she in this world. Conquering kings would put their feet upon the necks of their enemies to show that they had prevailed over them, but she will surrender to no other king but Jesus. The maiden's will yielded to the king is a beautiful feature of the maturing bride of Christ. Her neck, compared to a fortress, speaks of her security and her strength in doing the right thing, no matter the cost. She is no longer double-minded. He tells her, you are standing on solid spiritual ground with a resolute will to fulfill my destiny for you. I can see you will not be turned aside to lesser pursuits. Her heart is now like the heart of David. Like David, the Shulamite has resolutely fixed her will to go after her beloveds. And David's tower was a place where the weapons of warfare was stored. The Shulamite's voluntary decision to follow the king is like a storehouse of mighty weapons against the opposition of Satan. Her views, uh, sorry, he views her inward life and resolute will as an army, uh, sorry, an armory full of offensive weapons. Okay. Does that not take those scriptures, those verses to like a whole other level? My goodness, the power of our yielded will. Okay. In entirely other level. That is incredible. Absolutely incredible. Yeah. The power of. I mean. Yes, right. Oh, gosh. Oh, beautiful. Breathe out beautiful. here for a second. It's taken us to this point. 
<laughs> and, you know, I looked down at, at this. So he's poured this out. Jesus has poured this out over her and described how he sees her. She's taken his word. She's become clean and newly shorn. And she is beauty itself to him. And then she secures mm -hmm. David's fortress. And all these thousands, famous, thousands of famous soldiers surrender to her beauty. Your pure yeah. faith and love rest over your heart as you nurture those who are yet infants. And this is one of my favorite parts because I feel like I identify with her a little bit here. She, it's almost yeah. like the way I see this in my mind is almost like she's interrupting him because it stops there and it says yeah. the Shulamite. She starts to speak and she's like, she goes, I've made up my mind. Like it yeah. literally says that I've made up my mind. Like I can just see her like, stop, stop. I've made up my mind. Yeah. Quit. You know, yes. <laughs> She says, I've made up my mind until the darkness disappears and the dawn has fully come. In spite of shadows and fears, I will go to the mountaintop with you, the mountain yeah. of suffering love and the hill of burning incense. Yes, I will be your bride. Yeah. Like that, I have that underlined like four or five times. There's a box around yeah. it. Because like, <laughs> it's just to me, I'm like, this is it. This is yeah. it. You know, yes. there's so much more to come, but this is a huge turning point in transformation mm -hmm. for her. She, it's that, like you were talking, that yieldedness yeah. where he has called everything out. He's laid everything out for her. This is how mm -hmm. I see you. This is who you are. And it's like she's taking his hand and saying, okay, I agree with you. I will yeah. be your bride. And where I was weak and not sure before, in spite mm -hmm. of the things I don't know, in spite of mm -hmm. the questions I don't have answered and maybe the, the, the fears that, that might try to haunt me, I'm yeah. going to go with you and I'm going to be your bride. Yes. And it's and what, to me, I just uh, think, yeah. <laughs> go ahead. I want to say, La, I want to go, okay, let's just sit and pause in this moment and just receive that right now and then at the same time I'm like there is so much I want to say because I was um, thinking about this today as well Courtney and like you just that picture of her going okay I've made up my mind like I'm coming away like I will be your bride like this place of just I've like I surrender completely and what struck me about this is I think sometimes um the word surrender uh, can be a little bit of a challenging word uh, for people at times. I know I've had journeys yeah. in my life where the word surrender or the word yielding to me was quite, um, it was a word that I struggled with, which is really funny because after I had encounters with the Lord, one of my, like with his love, sorry, one of my greatest passions now is to encourage people in their intimacy and their place of yielding. So it's just interesting to me that for so many years, many, many years ago, that word surrender would really trigger me. And, uh, and so what I love about this is we don't see, what are we in? We're in chapter four. So we don't see chapter one, two, and three as chapters of the bridegroom king scolding the Shulamite and whipping her into line to get her to surrender. And so when I look at this very uh, scripture in chapter six, I look at it and I go, 
So what actually made her say, okay, I've made up my mind. I've made up my mind until the darkness disappears, until, you know, the dawn has fully come, in spite of even the shadows and the fears and the I don't knows and what's this going to look like and where are we going, I will be your bride. Like I'll go to the mountaintop with you. What actually caused that type of response within her? And I, I read it again and I went, it is the absolute delight and love of the bridegroom that as he's spoken, every time he's spoken over her, another seed, another seed, another seed, it's his love that has brought her to the place of surrender and yielding. And when I read verse 6, Courtney, I don't hear the sound of a Shulamite saying, fine, I'll surrender, I give up. Okay, fine, I'm done. All right, you want me to surrender? I'll surrender. Can you not hear the joy in this scripture? Yeah. Like in verse six, it's like, I can't take anymore. Okay, yeah, like I'm so lovesick. Like I am so overwhelmed by what you have spoken over me and who you are in your love. Oh my gosh, I'm surrendering to this love. I will be your bride. I am so, I am so captured by who you are as my bridegroom king like I can hear the ferocious love that's in the Shulamite's heart and as I sat in this today I was like wow it's his voice and it's his affirmation that has brought her to this place I opened up the sacred journey and the first sentence uh, here of verse 6 uh, Brian Simmons has written this after hearing these eight prophetic affirmations I didn't count them and I'm like how interesting that there were eight mm. over her life the Shulamite maiden is now willing to leave behind her comfort zone she's ready to leave the predictable place from behind her wall and go to the mountaintops with her king like I just think this is the absolute trans like absolutely transformational point where from this point on she will never be the same like it's not just this decision of oh yeah I'll be your bride like everything changes from that place of yes I will be your bride um so yeah Courtney I I just that verse I could yeah. camp there for well, the rest of my days right forever right forever like, that's it. I'll just hang out here. But then, yeah. you know, just when I think like it's he he can't get he can't say anymore. He can't do anymore. Like this is possibly as much as we could possibly take. Then he kicks it up a notch. And I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> <laughs> like if I wasn't already bowled over, I am now because in verse seven and, and I'll be very honest with with you guys this this verse in particular has literally followed me around i've seen it on people's t-shirts in the grocery store over the last couple of weeks um and lana and i have talked about it because it's just so beautifully confronting and so makes you so gloriously uncomfortable um it's it's verse seven where he says every part of you is so beautiful my darling perfect is your beauty without flaw within yeah and i think we can always look at ourselves and we always know our flaws. You know, if we talk about physical things and we look in the mirror, we can immediately go to the flaws. Um, if we talk about internal things, I, I didn't do this today. I didn't do that today. Gosh, I did that. I totally lost it with my kids. You know, I mean, pick something. 
those are easy to find. They're never hard for us to dig them up. But if you sit someone down and you say, well, tell me what's beautiful about yourself. Yeah. Those can be difficult sometimes to come to, but here he is, Jesus again saying like, perfect is your beauty without flaw within. And mm-hmm. I, I have felt prophetically, especially this time right now, Lana, that we're in, I haven't felt this level of, and I <laughs> forgive my shortcoming on my words, but the only way I can describe it is like this um, malleability, this gooiness of transformation that I haven't felt this level in the spirit mm-hmm. since 2019. It feels yeah. like it's hit another level where the Lord is taking people into this deep place of transformation where all of a sudden things get kind of uncomfortable and shifty <laughs> because they're supposed to, yeah. right? Because there's things that we need to shift so that we go into the new, so that we go deeper into that identity of who we actually are. Um, and this is one of those beautifully confronting verses where you see the Lord, I almost see him ordering things like spirit first, yeah. soul second, then body. You know, it's like that divine alignment of putting things in those mm-hmm. in that order that to challenge ourselves to, to understand that he's not viewing us through those shortcomings and saying, oh, well, that's okay. I'll just forget about it. You know, I just won't pay attention to it. No, he sees us through spirit. That's how mm-hmm. he relates to us. That's how he talks to us. That's how he blesses us. That's how he leads us. He does speak to us about the soul things and the body things at times. But, mm-hmm. you know, I think for me, it's it's really challenging myself to come into that place of like, no, he sees me like this. Yeah. So I have full permission to step into that acceptance and rest in that. And then from that place, you know, we become. Um, I think that's all I have to say about that one. Yeah, okay, I would yeah. just want to jump just two seconds on what you just said um, with verse 7. Isn't it interesting that it doesn't say every part of you is so beautiful, my darling, perfect is your beauty um, without flaw within soon to come, right? It's it's <laughs> He's calling it now. like, And she hasn't even, yeah. you know, she hasn't even gone to, like we, we haven't even gone into uh, Chapter 5 yet which is like one of her biggest like tests in that that kind of chapter. Like and so I sit here and I go wow like again I see the Lord calling out the reality of who she is like right now. You know, right now this is who you are and this is who you are because it's who I say you are. You know, and and there's just this this strength of like you said, like this is how he sees me. This is who I am. And I think of this new era that we're in. I think of the um, the amount of encounters that I had with the Lord um, leading up to 2020, the Lord speaking to me, there's a new era coming, everything is going to change in that space. And one of the major themes, uh, Courtney, that he kept speaking to me about was this place where I'm going to raise up a bride that is so um, has been conquered by my love, have, has been so overwhelmed by my love in the secret place, which is this 
really when I read Song of Songs, like that's what I see. Like it's one of my favorite books of the Bible because it just, it screams intimacy and it shows this journey of the Shulamite being conquered again and again by the love of God and the love of her bridegroom that is so much bigger than her fears and her um her shortcomings and her compromises and all of the things. And so the Lord said to me, I'm going to raise up an army of people, my bride that is just so conquered by my love, lives so deeply in the place of intimacy, and I'm raising up my people in a way that they will carry this ferocious faith but it's not this from this place of I'm struggling to believe this. I know it's true and I'm living it in my head. It, he, he showed me this company of people that he was raising up in this new era and they were fully convinced of who he says they are. And, Courtney, the strength that I saw in, in, in the people of God that were rising up from this place of intimacy they were, I know we're going full circle again, like as we sit at his feet, like Mary, as a kind of picture of the, the secret place and, and intimacy, we arise as the warriors. And I mm -hmm. think that right now is, is what I see as I read this, like verse 7, he's calling out who she is. And then you flow into verse 8 where he says, now you're ready, my bride, to come with me as we climb the highest peaks together, come with me through the archway of trust. We will look down from the crest of the glistening mounts and from the summit of our, of our sublime sanctuary, from the lion's den and the leopard's lair. And that um, that scripture there is, is talking about this place where we go to a, a level of like it's a it's a place of spiritual warfare and it's a place though of being seated with Christ in the heavenly places. Like it's this place of yielded surrender. I'm coming through the archway of trust with you. Like I'm holding on to you. I'm I'm completely yielded. I'm your bride. And from that place then we ascend to this glorious seat with Christ that we have been given in him to govern. Like, yeah. oh, my gosh. <laughs> and don't even talk to me about verse 9 because I'll fall off my chair. <laughs> I know. I love how he, yeah, I love how he weaves through these things where it's like, oh, your beauty itself, yeah. now we're going to wage war and then back to yeah. your gorgeous. Like, yeah. you know, it's just, I, I love it. I love it. it. It's so much fun. But I think you know, I love what you were saying about, about verse eight, because, and this, this place of intimacy and this, these people that are arising warriors, because mm -hmm. intimacy makes you very dangerous in the kingdom of God. Yes. That's what makes you dangerous. And when we receive these words as from the lips of Jesus to us directly, we are, we are literally changed into the one who wars from the place of relationship. Oh, because boom. there's no mention. <laughs> there's no mention in here of, of him taking her to battle or yes. we're going to wage war together. Like he says in verse eight, until she becomes the bride. Until yeah. she receives that, then it starts to switch. And then you start to see the shift of like, ah, okay, great. Now I have more I can give you. 
now here yeah. you are. And it, it really is, it's, um, it's warring from that place of relationship because when you receive in a word from him as your own, it becomes part of you. It, it hits something in your own DNA and it literally lights up parts of you. I think that it causes just like our DNA can express, um, you know, things about ourselves at different times. Mm -hmm. I think that the word does that to us. It, and, and this word in particular comes into us and ignites things and causes them to come out where you're like, I didn't know that was in there, but it was in there all along because yeah. it's him. Um, but yeah, I, I completely agree with you. And I love this. It's such a picture of intimacy and how intimacy makes us very dangerous in the kingdom. You know, Courtney, you have just reminded me of a quote by Graham Cook that as a 16-year-old girl, I was sitting in my bedroom and so hungry to hear the voice of God and to I just wanted to know his heart. And I remember saying to the Lord, I give you like I was already, like I had given my life to him. But in this moment, I sat there and I said, I, I am committing my entire life, my entire, everything that I am to know you. Like I need to know you. I need to know your heart. I want to hear your voice. Like the level of desperation that I was in was actually, it was beautiful, but it was uncomfortable. It was this place of if I don't have you, like I'm going to die. Like it was that level of I need this relationship. I need to live in this place of intimacy. And, and, and in that moment, I could feel this place, but I couldn't put words to it. As a 16-year-old girl, I'm like, there's something that is really strong about the place of intimacy. There's something about warfare and intimacy that go together, but I can't connect them. Like I had no idea what I was, what I was feeling. And then I remember playing this, um, I think it was like a, was it a, yeah, it was a DVD. Um, uh, or no, it might've been on my computer. Anyway, it doesn't matter, but it was Graham Cook. And he said these words, your intimacy with God is your greatest weapon. And I went, oh, oh, that's exactly it. That has just put into context what my spirit was saying. But I had no, like I was only just coming into the place of um, journeying with Jesus. I was a new believer, so I had no idea what I was feeling. And when Graham said that, I was like, that's it. And so how interesting, Courtney, that we now look at this, this beautiful book of Song of Songs accompanied with the time that we're living in this new era where God is saying, I'm raising up strong warriors, but it comes from the place of intimacy. It comes from the place of, of as I am continually conquered by love, then I am strong and I'm rooted in one who never changes. Like as I live in that daily place where the affirmation of my king is constantly being released over me and I'm making room for that and I'm living in that place of Matthew 4.4, then my identity, my intimacy, my inner world is being strengthened and nobody can take that from me because if I truly live in that place where I read verse 9 and it says, you leave me breathless, like that's not the Shulamite talking to the Lord. No, that's no. the bridegroom king, right, talking to the Shulamite. So, ladies, today as you listen to this, I want you to hear this. Like picture in your mind that you leave 
the king of glory breathless by your beauty. Like those words in scripture are not there by mistake. You know, and, and as I read this, I just, I, I am so overcome by, yes, his love. Yes, how ferociously, relentlessly he loves us. But also at the same time, I see a strength and a, yeah, it's a strength that is is placed within us that says, well, as I'm conquered by love every day, then I I conquer. Like I, yeah. I'm conquering mm. and I'm victorious because I'm constantly conquered by love in the secret place. Like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> it just preached yourself happy, didn't you? <laughs> I so did. <laughs> I love it. I'm here for it. I'm so here for it. Yeah. And again, you know, the the thing that stands out to me about the next couple of verses too, Lana, is not just the depth of the love and the depth of the intimacy, but it's the the parts where he calls her his equal. He yes. says it twice. He says it in verse nine. He says, you know, I'm undone by your love with one flash of your eyes, my beloved, my equal, my bride. You leave me breathless. I am overcome by merely a glance from your worshiping eyes for you have stolen my heart. I'm held hostage by your love and by the graces of righteousness shining upon you. Hello. That's amazing. Yes. And then in verse 10, he goes on to say, how satisfying to me, my equal, my bride for your love. Yes. For your love is my finest wine intoxicating and thrilling. Like, Again, it's one of those things where you, when you read this chapter, I was constantly the first time I read it, flipping back to say like, whoa, 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 who's, who's talking here? Did I get off track? You know, is she, yeah. did I miss where she, it switched over to Shulamite talking to bridegroom King? Nope. This is still him. Yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, that's a beautiful place to be when we start to understand that he, he cares, like it, it matters what we think of him. Yeah, it matters to him what we think of him. I actually think that that's um, one of the ways that we minister unto him. We minister unto mm -hmm. his heart is when we choose to allow him to reveal himself in the truth of who he is. And we put aside preconceived notions. We put aside fears. We put aside lies and we open that space for him to show us the beauty and the truth of who he actually is. You know, I'm reminded of like Jesus and Peter when Jesus would say, well, who do you say I am? Because he would say, oh, some say you're this person and some say you're that person. And it was like Jesus didn't even pay one mind to that. He just said, but who do you say that I am? And to me, that's that essence, that beauty of that one-on-one. -on -one. I want to know who you say that I am to you. Um, because to me... That's when I started, like, I was, my journey is a little different from yours because I used to kind of be afraid of God. I was mm -hmm. afraid, and I've talked about this in some of the schools that you've done before. I was afraid that if I fully yielded, that he was going to make me do something I hated. Yes. You know, I used to be afraid when I was younger. I used to yep. be afraid he was going to marry some, make me marry somebody I didn't <laughs> like. 
And I was like, <laughs> you know, now when I look back and I'm like, that's ridiculous, Courtney, but it was a very real thing for me mm. when I was younger because mm. you're learning how the Lord is. How does he, like you said, he's not scolding. He's not berating. He's not just, okay, fine. Um, whatever. I'll mm. deal with her. You yeah. know, that's not how he operates. Um, and so I, I also see this beautiful invitation for us here as the bride to minister unto him by allowing us to see himself, to see him in this light, in the truth of who he is, in the truth of his love. Um, and and verse 11, I think for me is just, um, that's one of those ones where when we did the mentoring group, Anna, I think I circled it. And, and that was part of the homework because it says here, it's Jesus again, speaking to the Shulamite. And he says, your loving words are like the honeycomb to me. Your tongue releases milk and honey, for I find the promised land flowing within you. The fragrance of your worshiping love surrounds you with scented robes of white. Sit in that for a day and see if it doesn't change what comes out of your mouth. Oh, <laughs> yes. Oh, my goodness. Just sit man. in that. Just take that. If, if you don't know what else to do this week. <laughs> I invite you, Song of Songs 4, verse 11, your words are like the honeycomb to him. Your tongue releases milk and honey. And when we think on that and we realize like my tongue has the capability to release milk and honey and he finds his promised land within me, um, talk about honor and strength. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Oh, it's just, it's so beautiful. Like even where he says, you know, by, I'm just jumping back to verse nine, but where he says, by merely a glance from your worshiping eyes, you have stolen my heart. <laughs> Talk about like ministering unto him. And doesn't it make you, like, I remember the, the places where I would sit with the Lord and he would like almost interrupt me and he would say, you move my heart. And I was like, what? He's like, you move my heart. Like as you worship me, as you minister to me, like that moves my heart, Lana. And isn't that just such a stunning, stunning thought? But it's not even a thought. It's reality, you know, that as you lift your eyes to him and as you take what he says and you say, okay, I'm going to hold this, I'm going to treasure it, and I'm going to lean into it. Even if I'm struggling to believe it, I'm going to lean in until I do. Like those places, the way that that faith, the way that yielding moves his heart, I, I think we don't actually realize how much his heart is moved by us, which is such an incredible, um, an incredible reality and something I think that that we need to live our lives aware of like and never graduate from that place. Um, and I know we, we're coming towards um, the end of this episode, but there are just two things, Courtney, that I just want to read um, and then whatever you feel like to share because I know we've still got a little bit left of um, Chapter 4. But I, I love, like I love looking at commentary notes and learning what, what is the meaning of words. Like I'm such a word nerd. Um, and I was looking at verse 9 and I happened to just glance down at the commentary notes in my Bible. So in the Passion Translation for verse 9, I have to read you this. It says, you have ravished my heart. So, the okay, I'm going to, maybe I, 
might spell you the Hebrew word or maybe I'll try and say it and then you can all just have grace with me, right? So anyway, it says, you have ravished my heart. This is the Hebrew word libabenthini. I don't know. It's really hard to pronounce. Courtney, you want to give it a go? Um, Libabenthini. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Oh, that's bad. I did it. It was even worse. Just move on. (laughs) I hope you're all having a giggle with us, ladies. My my tongue releases words sweet like the honeycomb. (laughs) Anyway, sorry, go ahead. All right. That word, which is that Hebrew word, which is taken from uh, a Semitic root uh, word that means to tear bark off a tree. Okay, so I want you to hear this, ladies. He is saying that your loving eyes of worship have uncovered his heart and laid it bare, making him vulnerable to you. Whoa, okay. What a description of what happens to Jesus when he looks into your eyes. Your worship brings to him such an ecstasy and delight that it becomes hard to even imagine. Yet God has placed inside of you the ability to ravish the vulnerable heart of your king, not someday in heaven, but now, even when you feel incomplete and weak. Like that, like even those words, like he is saying that your loving eyes of worship have uncovered his heart and laid it bare, making him vulnerable to you. Mm. That communicates a place, a depth of intimacy that I actually don't have words for. Like I, I stumble over my words because I can't, even put words to describe the depth of intimacy that I feel in that commentary, in that explanation of verse 9. Like it's not just, okay, the the bridegroom saying, give all of yourself to me. He's given all of himself to us. So there is this vulnerability that comes from like both of us, like he, the king, is vulnerable to us and we are vulnerable to him. Like there's just this place of vulnerability that is so absolutely sacred that I, I it just screams to me of this co-union and this, this partnership of like, the Lord is, I'm all in, right? Like even while you were yet sinners, Christ died. I gave all of myself for you. And as a as the bride now, I give all of myself to you as I'm continually conquered by love. Like I, I give my all. It demands my life. It demands everything. Like that level of vulnerability. And I think as we walk through Song of Songs, there are moments where you can read those scriptures and go, oh, I feel really, really vulnerable right now. Like it's it's gloriously uncomfortable in some places, but it leads us into this deeper union with him. Um, I just, yeah, I think it's beautiful. Um one other thing I just want to read to you. I know um there are a lot of different um descriptions here uh, in verses uh, 13 and 14, but I just want to jump on this last 
few words out of verse 14 because I feel like the Lord was speaking to me um, from the start of this episode. Now it says at the end of verse 14, it says, um, well, hang on, I'll read it a bit higher up. It says here, uh, the, uh, no, no, let's go further back. Okay, let's go verse 13. Your inward life is now sprouting forth, bringing forth fruit. What a beautiful paradise unfolds within you. When I'm near you, I smell aromas of the finest spice. For many clusters of my exquisite fruit now grow within your inner garden. And then he says, here are the nine, pomegranates of passion, henna from heaven, spikenard so sweet, saffron shining, fragrant calamus from the cross, sacred cinnamon, branches of scented woods, myrrh like tears from a tree and aloe as eagles ascending. Now, I would encourage you to, if you haven't already, to really look at what those spices actually represent. There is like so much revelation contained in those um, the, those few verses. But I want to jump on this particular one as um, and aloe as eagles ascending. When we started this um, episode, I kept hearing this word over and over again, wholeness, wholeness, wholeness. And then I was feeling this stirring of victory and overcoming and conquering and freedom. And we've kind of gone in so many beautiful directions in this episode. And then I read this as we were journeying through this episode and went, oh, eagles ascending. And I feel like the Lord wants me to read this to you very quickly um, in the passion, uh, sorry, in the sacred journey, um, Brian Simmons writes here, aloe as the eagles ascending is considered by many as a healing balm. The presence of the Lord within the Shulamite is now released as healing balm to those she touches. The psalmist tells us that Jesus's robes smelled of aloes and that's in Psalm 45 verse 8. So one of the names used by some for aloes is the word eagles. Now, this is what I want to speak over you today, ladies, because I felt like this is um, something the Lord wanted to release. It says this, like eagles, we fly above our wounds, free from the past as we walk in intimacy with him, loving the bridegroom heals the heart. And I just really felt just to speak that over you today, that there is such a beautiful place where the Lord is, is lifting you high above your wounds. Like it's that place of you are already whole in Christ. That is who, like that it's been purchased for you. But we walk it out too. And I feel like there may be some of you listening that you felt really bogged down or really stuck and like, Lana, all I'm seeing is like wounds inside of my heart or I'm coming on the journey with you through Song of Songs and I'm so confronted by all the stuff within me as I'm reading these scriptures of the absolute ferocious love of my bridegroom king. I want to, to prophetically speak over you that there is such a place of freedom that God is is lifting you into that is yours in Christ where you're being um, untethered from things of the past as you're walking in deeper intimacy with him. And that place, as you are loving on him, there is actually a deep work of healing that God is bringing into your heart and into your life where you're going to look back in this season and see that you're actually soaring above the very things 
that have tried to keep you bound for so long. So I just want to bless you with that today, ladies. One one last thing as we wrap up. Um, as you were, were speaking, Lana, I, was, I wrote down, I heard the Holy Spirit saying that some of you are looking, you've been looking for the sign and for the permission to stop running for his love and his approval. And it's here. This is it. This is your official permission slip to stop running. And I heard him say, stop running for my love and start living in it. Start resting in it. Start remaining in it. You no longer have to run for it. Jesus already did that for you. And now you get the privilege and the honor of resting because as you rest, that's where change happens. That's where transformation takes place. And like Lana says, that's that ascension. That's that place where the untethering happens and the love is what heals you and the love is what sets you free. So permission to rest and receive. Ah, so beautiful. Well, ladies, this week, I want to encourage you, we want to encourage you to sit and to receive, to really sit in that place and let him, (laughs) let him love on you. (laughs) Let him love on you. Sit in those places of just allowing his words, his tender affection to wash over you that you would be conquered by love again and again and again and that you would see how much your life and your heart of worship towards him moves his heart. May this week be a week for you of going deeper into that reality of just absolute revelation and manifestation that the king is enthralled by your beauty. We bless you, ladies. We love being with you again, and we will see you next time. Bless you guys. Bye. We hope that this podcast has blessed you, and we have been blessed by bringing it to you today. If you would like to see more of what Zion's Company of Women is about, please check out our website, zionscompanyofwomen.com. We pray that your day is blessed, and may you go forth in joy and peace.